From the EPR Creation Studio, this is Jason Staples bringing you the Unconquered Podcast. As always, this podcast brought to you by EPR Creations, bringing you the best of internet marketing and website development for an affordable price by Luis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, Shenandoah Newsma of ShenRealEstate.com in the Research Triangle of North Carolina, and by Garage Makeovers, the number one garage remodeling company in South Florida. And this is, of course, the Hot Takes Edition, or what might be the Hot Takes Edition after any sort of, um, you know, competitive game. <laughs> after Florida State blows out Syracuse in a 38-3 to game that was not that close. And... Look, guys, I mean, at this point, we got we to gotta actually admit. I mean, folks are going to have to start admitting this is a good Florida State team. This is the best Florida State team, certainly since 2016, when they won the, won the Orange Bowl, when they beat uh, Michigan in the Orange Bowl. Now, of course, you got to remember, Jabril Peppers did not play in that game. But still, Florida State beat a deeply, deeply disadvantaged and shorthanded Michigan game in that uh, in that Orange Bowl after the 2016 season. But that was the last time that Florida State had a team anything, you know, was really a, a good team, especially in the record book. That 2017 team was a top 15 team in F+, just got some bad luck in certain cases and, and lost six times on a, in a difficult schedule. This team's better than that team. This team is better than just a top 15 team. Guys, this this team is playing right now, last couple games, since they've gotten Lovett back, really the last three games, they've played at a top 10 level. I mean, this is what you expect top 10 teams to do to, to bad football teams. And the thing is, this Syracuse team was ranked two weeks ago. So it's not like this is a terrible Syracuse team. Florida State made them look really bad. Now, Syracuse looked rough last week too, but that was with a different quarterback who couldn't complete a forward pass. This week, yeah, Schrader was limited, but they made Schrader look bad in this game. They made the Syracuse offense look bad. And I tell you what, that that Florida State defense with Lovett in the lineup and with a healthy verse on the edge... That's a top 10 unit. Not top 15, not top 20, not top 25. I mean, and this is something we talked about a few weeks ago. I mentioned, you know, I think it was the the week of the uh, the week of the Clemson game saying, you know, this defense has been surprisingly good. I mean, I, I was actually pretty bullish on them coming into the year and felt like they could be, you know, had a ceiling in like the top 15 range. But I I wouldn't have projected them to be in the top 30 range without Fabian Lovett and with some of the guys banged up that had missed time that, that they'd had. And I mentioned it then, like, look, if they're top 30 now, if Lovett does come back, they, they really could be a top 15, top 10 type team. And they've been flat out dominant since he's come back. Now, granted, four of those quarters were against Miami. So you kind of have to grade on a curve here. You just kind of have to treat that... You don't. Ha- you can't really account for the the strength of schedule there. I mean, it's difficult to adjust for FCS competition and all of that. But still, you dominated. You, they've not given up a, a touchdown in what is it? Ten quarters now. 
It's at least nine. And the last two games are 83-6 to on the road against ACC opponents, each of which was ranked at a certain point this year. Now, of course, that Miami team had no business being ranked at any point this year, but they did start in the top 10 in the preseason. <laughs> but that's just mainly because Miami is the 20-time, or what is it, 22-time, something like that, uh, off-season national champion, a 22-time defending off-season national champion. So you, you kind of figure that they'll, you know, get those kind of rankings coming out of the off-season once in a while and then, you know, do what they do. In any case, in this game, you really kind of have to just look at the first three quarters because the fourth quarter, you, you didn't see starters from Florida State. And you didn't see some backups because they played a lot of threes. I mean, there were some fours on the field toward the end. I mean, if this had been in Tallahassee, the, the bench would really have emptied, but you've got a more limited travel roster, but they had, they, they emptied the bench. There were some guys that were, that are, that are third on the depth chart. They're not listed on the depth chart that were, uh, that were out there in, in the fourth quarter, which by the way, is really good for your team. When you start getting those guys game reps and you get a chance to clean some stuff up with them and to go over that film, the next, the next game. And, you know, again, it helps address the problem of like guys not playing. You get frustrated when you're not playing, when you're just traveling and then you stand on the sideline, like that's no fun. Well, all of a sudden you start blowing teams out and your third string starts getting full quarters and starts, you know, getting their hands on the football starts being able to push some guys around, get out there, get the blood flowing, score some touchdowns once in a while, break up some passes, these sorts of things. And that's huge for team morale, and it's also huge for building your program. This is why you have that process of lose big, lose close, win close, win big, is once you start winning close, eventually you start beating some some of the bad teams, some of the overmatched teams, by more. And that's when you start to be able to build. That's when you start to be able to build to win big. And one of the first steps that, that, that allows you to do, or one of the first things that allows you to do is to build more depth and also to evaluate your roster in terms of some of the guys sort of below the fold on the roster, the guys off the depth chart, you're, you're able to evaluate those guys a little bit more and give them a chance to evaluate themselves. And that goes a long way. So through three quarters, this game was 38 to 3. Florida State was averaging 6.4 yards per play and gave up 2.3 yards per play through 3 quarters. That is absolutely suffocating on defense. Syracuse had 20 carries for 36 yards running the football and that's with the th- what fourth now the fourth leading rusher in Syracuse history in the backfield. Syracuse is 1 for 10 on on third downs. Syracuse had 32 total plays through three quarters. They had 48 plays in the game. Now, that, by the way, is a good reminder to to those of you out there who point to offensive tempo and some of those things as, you know, well, you know, the reason that, you know, you're you're not ending up with enough uh, enough plays is because you run with too, you know, too slow of a tempo on offense. Well, it's not about that. It's about efficiency on offense. If you're efficient on offense, you'll get more plays as long as you don't bust too many big ones. So, you know, that's a, that's not a problem that, or that's not a problem. If you do, if you, you know, run 20 plays and seven of them are touchdowns and nobody's complaining, but 
the thing you've got to do is you've got to be able to stop the other team when they're on the field. Your defense has to be able to get off the field, and you've got to be able to get first downs, and they couldn't do either one in this game. I mean, that this game was not competitive. Florida State, through three quarters, 32 carries for 206 yards, 6.4 yards per carry. They also were averaging 6.4 yards per pass attempt at that point. 23 for 26 for four touchdowns, no interceptions in this game. And even though those passing numbers looked really solid and, you know, four touchdowns, no picks, those are good. That's a good line on, on, on the night. A couple things to keep in mind on that. They were very conservative. They, this was very much a, a possession passing night. They didn't take a whole lot of shots. This game in a lot of respects went how I expected on offense, but Syracuse, even with Schrader was what I said they might be if he didn't play. And this game, you know, I, I said then if, if they if they didn't have Schrader in this game that they basically wouldn't be competitive. Well, even with him in this game, they weren't competitive. And and that's because Florida State was going to score in the 30s, most likely. They would be able to run the football. Probably not a team you're going to beat over the top all that much. Good quality secondary, well-coached secondary, well-coached on defense in general. You just want to make sure you don't do anything stupid and turn the turn the ball over, and you'll be able to run the football and you know get out of there with the win. Well, they were able to do all of that and then just dominate defensively. Five for five on red zone attempts. So the last two weeks, they are 11 for 11 in the red zone, and uh, that's four touchdowns this week, four for five touchdowns. So that's 10 of 11 trips to the red zone the last two weeks that have ended in touchdowns. So all told, that's, uh, that's, that's good progress addressing something that had been a problem for them all year. They did have to resort to a version of the Philly special on fourth down to, uh, to punch it in again, kind of displaying why they've had to get cute at different points. I kind of would have liked to have seen them keep that in the pocket just a little bit. Uh, you know, at least, at, at least one more week, keep that in the pocket, uh, through the Louisville game or through the, uh, through the Louisiana game that is. Uh, so that you've got that in your pocket for for Florida, but they'll have something else, a couple other little things cooked up for for the for the Gators, I'm sure. But uh, but yeah, this game, I mean, I, I honestly, I don't know that there's a ton really to say beyond what I've already said. I mean, this was not a competitive game. This Florida State team has become, I mean, they are at this point playing at a top ten level. This is right now, it's a top three team in the ACC at least. That's not debatable. Uh, you know, North Carolina nine and one as of tonight has helped me make some money on a on a bet with a well known uh, national national uh, uh, voice. But uh, North Carolina now nine and one. I think this Florida State team is actually probably better than that North Carolina team. Although I think that game would be a barn burner. I'd really want to see that game because Drake may against the way this Florida state defense is playing would be in, in Josh downs and, and Antoine green at receiver. Although green got hurt tonight. We'll see if he's, if, uh, if it's long-term look, look like it might be a concussion, but uh, yeah, I mean it, you, you take that Carolina offense against the way this Florida state defense is playing. And I'd want to watch that for sure. Uh, but, but I'm not sure that Carolina's defense stops the run well enough to to feel confident about them on both sides of the ball. In either case, that's a competitive game. And I think full strength, full strength Florida State beats Clemson in a rematch if those two teams play the way that they've been playing the last last few weeks since that game and since Florida State got Fabian Lovett back. 
Uh, I, I think these these teams, Florida State has kind of passed, has been zooming past uh, its competition in the in the ACC to to basically be. I mean, I don't think it's debatable that now the way that they're playing, they're they're in that top tier in the conference, right there along with Clemson and UNC. And uh, I think you can make a strong case that the way this team is playing, that they're they might be right now finishing the season as the best team in the in the ACC. They just happen to hit the wrong the wrong three teams at the wrong time when they, when they were really banged up. And uh, it's too bad because I think if this team had, if a couple other things had bounced right for this team, this team could have been a playoff contender. And that's, that's crazy to say, but I mean, the numbers are, the numbers support it and the eyes certainly support it at this point. This team has gotten better every week. And at this point they're playing with a lot of confidence and they're executing well. So, you know, other numbers here, just looking through uh, sack adjusted uh, rushing average in this one. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, let's see where are we at sack adjusted uh, rushing yards, 6.7 yards per rush uh, sack adjusted yards per pass attempt, five yards, not great. But again, I think this, this Syracuse defense is right there. I mean, I talked about it coming in. This Syracuse defense, though they were a little banged up or significantly banged up, they were without their best DB coming in. This is a team that was on par with NC State uh, in Clemson, and I think better than Clemson in terms of how they played in the secondary this year. In terms of their their performance against the pass, they've been excellent. But Florida State held them to 2.2 yards per pass attempt. Sack adjusted. That's... um. Starting to see some real real life back there. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they play Florida because Florida is not great throwing the football. They, they That's going to be an interesting one because Florida is going to have to run the football really well. Florida State's going to know that. And uh, that's going to be a real interesting, really interesting game. I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to go. But uh, the next two weeks will involve from the Florida State coaching staff a lot of prep for that game. I can promise you that. Louisville, or, uh, geez, I did it again. Louisiana up next. This Florida State team is in position to go eight and three and put themselves in position for nine and three in a potential 10 win season. I, I don't think at this point, through this point in the season, I don't think you can call this season anything but a success for Mike Norvell, given reasonable expectations coming into the year, given the three year turnaround that, uh, of him taking over a program in free fall. I think he's demonstrated that he is the right guy for this job and that uh, he and that staff, whoever he wants on his staff, uh, belong in Tallahassee and that he's he, he knows the right strings to pull. This is going to be a really important offseason, and we'll talk about that once we get to the offseason. But this team has made made some significant strides, and they're in position now to be a player in the conference again and, then, and even nationally. I mean, they beat the SEC West champion this year. So, I mean, this this is a team, a lot of folks didn't know how good this team was when they beat that LSU team. It's like, well, how good are either team? We don't know. Well, it turns out that LSU team's pretty good. They won the SEC West, and it turns out this FSU team is pretty good. The, one of the only teams in the country, what, three other teams that have outgained every opponent uh, in, in terms of uh, yards per play. That's, uh, what, Ohio State, Georgia, and um, I think one other, Alabama maybe, that have outgained every opponent in yards per play. And then Florida State being the fourth of those. That's pretty good company, folks. This is a good Florida State team. 
and they've done it against a good schedule uh, and despite a lot of adversity in terms of injuries and other things. Just not a whole lot to say other than that. This is a really good team when they're when they're full when they're full strength. They just need to get a little bit more depth, and they're going to have to handle some some gap filling uh, when some guys leave in the off season. Uh, but yeah, really refreshing to see how this team has developed and how this team has taken on the character of its coach, and how uh, they. The other thing that you really appreciate is that Norvell Norvell plays to win, and he plays to dominate teams. And you know his teams are always going to play with that edge as a result. And this is the other thing. This is the the first time in 25 years that Florida State has rushed for over 200 yards in five straight games. So that goes all the way back to when I was in high school, y'all. That's, I mean, Warwick done. That's that's the last time this stuff happened. So, I mean that that confirms. I mean I, I think we've seen over and over again confirmed. Uh, what I reported on, you know, I'd, I'd been told by a defensive coordinator who'd coached against Norvell at his prior stop at, at Memphis when Florida State was getting ready to hire their 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 uh, their coach to replace Taggart. I'd gotten a text from him saying they really should hire Norvell because that guy is always going to find he's one of the most creative guys finding ways to run the football. And if you're in the con- in the same conference with Venables and and Clemson, you're going to need to be able to do that. And, and he'll be able to connect with the kind of players that Florida State can recruit. That's what he told me then. I asked him a lot more about Norvell at that time, but those were the main things that he said up front. And man, man, was he right. And yeah, I think it's pretty clear that Norvell has this program headed in the right direction. The ship has turned around. I thought that was clear even after the three, three game losing streak, even after losing to Clemson, I thought it was clear. It's even more clear now. Uh, They need to, they need now, those with the resources just need to step up and make sure that the uh, that the program has the support that it needs to to uh, to continue taking those steps. But I I don't think there's a whole lot more to say. I, I guess I'll come back with a, a little bit of analysis later later on this week. But uh, as far as immediate hot takes post game, that's all I got. We'll go ahead and wrap there. Thanks as always to my sponsors. This has been the Unconquered Podcast, and also to my Patreon subscribers. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. The Unconquered Podcast is brought to you by EPR Creations, Louis Marquez of Keller Williams Realty in Jacksonville, Florida, ShenRealEstate.com in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, Garage Makeovers of Palm Beach and Broward County, and the Unconquered Podcast shop at UnconqueredPodcast.com, which features stickers, magnets, and other seminal gear. Thanks also to those supporters over at Patreon, where I post video analysis and field questions for the podcast from supporters. I'm especially grateful to those above the dynasty level. That is Andrew Garrett, Brian Leininger, Jonathan Kennedy, Lee Caswell, Travis Smith, Tyler Kashishki, Vince Calandra, and Bert Bertoldi. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please leave a five-star rating over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. Post us on social media and tell a friend. This has been the Unconquered Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Staples. Thanks for listening. I made this.